This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 71 of The Catholic Foodie. Welcome, folks. Welcome. This is Jeff Young, your host of The Catholic Foodie. Uh, we got a good show today, an exciting show today. It's going to be short now. I'm actually recording this uh, between classes, believe it or not. <laughs> I've, only, I've only had one cup of coffee, so my voice is still kind of rough. Anyway, uh, it's me alone here, and you know why? Because I have to take advantage of any time I can to record the show. Things are just so busy this spring uh, that that Char and I, we can't hardly catch ourselves coming and going. So I am glad that you are here. Please stay tuned for The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Okay, you folks, uh... Welcome. Welcome to the Catholic Foodie. I'm very excited that you're here with me. Uh, what do we have on the menu today? Well, we are going to have some feedback, first of all. I've got some audio feedback from a good friend of mine, Mike Linder. Also, uh, we have some email feedback, so I'll share that with you. Also, I have a uh, we have Mary in the Kitchen, of course, with Sarah Reinhardt. Very excited about that. And we also have an, an iPhone app that I want to talk to you about um, it's a, it's a culinary app. I want to want to share that with you. I discovered it not too long ago, and uh, I like it. I really do. So I'm going to tell you about that one. And, you know, we're going to start a new series. Uh, we're coming into summer. It's uh, been very hard, very hard, uh, very hard, very hard. <laughs> what am I talking about? I, I need that second cup of coffee, can't you tell? Uh, actually, it's been very hot, very hot down here, and... Um, Whenever it gets hot, I start to think about grilling. Why? I have no idea. Because when you grill, you're standing over a hot grill, and it's hot outside. It's just crazy. But nonetheless, I can't help but think about grilling because I guess the weather's nice. You're outside. You can you can eat in the backyard. Um, it, it's just it's it's nice. Now we have a small window in Louisiana, South Louisiana, where we can enjoy the outdoors. All right, the warm weather. Because it will change soon, and it will be like a living hell outside. <laughs> I mean, you know, humidity, about 3,000% humidity, and uh, you, you can cut it with a knife, uh, and you just, you just sweat like crazy because it's so hot, and it's not a dry heat like you have in California or Arizona. If you're over there with, uh, uh, you know, Catholic Vitamins, um, with Deacon Tom and D. Fox, you know, they're out there in Arizona where they have dry heat, and so you sweat, but it evaporates right away. Not here. It just doesn't happen here. It's like you're swimming every day when you walk out. July and August, oh my goodness, it's incredible. So anyway, um, I don't know why, how I got off on that. Oh, a new series. We're going to have a new series here on the Catholic Foodie. Since we are getting into that, uh, the nicer weather, the warmer weather, the outdoor eating weather, we are going to have... A, uh, a series on cooking tips. And we're going to start out in honor of this season with grilling. We're going to have some cooking tips on grilling, and we're going to have our first installment of that series today. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. 
right, we're going to start out the show today with some feedback. Got an email here from Jason Holderbaum. Very happy to receive this email from him. If you remember last episode, I was talking about this wonderful um, restaurant in Houston that we went to. It's, uh, I couldn't remember the name to save my life. <laughs> it was, um, it's a Mexican restaurant. It's the original, although they do have a chain down here. It is the original location, still owned by the original owners. Uh, the chain is actually separate. It was bought by someone. The concept was bought by someone, and they have a chain now of these restaurants. But I couldn't remember the name, and I was saying it was the best uh, authentic Mexican food I've ever eaten in the United States. And uh, I couldn't remember the name, but Jason emailed me and reminded me of the name. It was Ninfa's. Ninfa's, I believe, Mexican te- uh, Cantina, I think is the full name, but it's Ninfa's in Houston. Awesome. He wrote to me and he said, Jeff, I was so excited when listening to your most recent podcast, uh, Catholic Foodie number 70, uh, which was titled Hot Tamales de Mayo, by the way, uh, when you mentioned what I believe to be Ninfa's. I was recently in Houston visiting family, and they told me the story behind Ninfa's, starting out in a small community and expanding into a chain of Tex-Mex, right, Tex-Mex restaurant. At the time, you couldn't recall the name, so I included the link below. Uh, has a great dinner, especially their black beans, and I don't care for beans very much. I hope this is the same place you were speaking about. And he gave me the link to Ninfa's, which, by the way, I did post on catholicfoodie.com, if you go over there, to the uh, the show notes of um, uh, episode 70, uh, Hot Tamales de Mayo. You will find that that link. So thank you very much, Jason. I really appreciate that. Hello, Jeff. This is Mike Lindner from New Jersey. We haven't spoken in quite a while, but I just had to uh, tell you of the faith and food-filled weekend I had last week. Uh, I... The, got the family in the car, and we all hopped over to Philadelphia, and we went to the Ukrainian Catholic, Catholic Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. And in that cathedral, until June 29th of this year, they have on display a Vatican-approved replica of the Shroud of Turin. Now, I figure I'm not going to get to see the Shroud of Turin, certainly not this year, and this was the next best thing. And I didn't want to miss it. Uh, For those of you who may not be that familiar, the the Shroud of Turin is a cloth. It's about 14 feet long and three and a half feet wide, which bears the image of a man who appears to have been beaten and crucified. Uh, The actual cloth is kept in the royal chamber of the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist Church in uh, Turin, Italy. And it's been a matter of some controversy. Uh, Many people claim that it's the burial shroud of Jesus Christ and that the image on it is miraculous, and other people uh, claim that it's not. There have been scientific studies to try and figure out just how it was created and what what it's made of and when it was made. And um, there have been several specials on TV. I don't want to repeat all that information, but um, I can say that it is absolutely uh, breathtaking to see this replica of the, of the cloth in person. I've seen shows on television. I've seen pictures of the Shroud of Turin, and they do not do justice 
to seeing something and actually walking up to it. Uh, this, this being a replica is actually on display in a frame on the altar, and you can walk right up to it and touch it or, or kiss it or, or uh, venerate or just, just be close to it. It's, um, it's uh, quite amazing seeing the, the blood stains in person and seeing the, uh, the, the, the marks left on, on this cloth. Uh, if any of your listeners uh, happen to be in the area uh, where they could get to Philadelphia, it is well worth uh, going to see this. While we were at the cathedral, uh, we also went and uh, they have the um, relic of uh, Blessed Josefata Hordashevska, who was a co-foundress of the Sister Servants of Mary Immaculate. And um, you can uh, see the relic there. They have a, a little uh, uh, reliquary and prayer cards. They're asking that uh, people who visit the cathedral uh, pray for the intercession of uh, Blessed Josephata uh, in order to help her cause for canonization. And while we were in the area, about five blocks away from that cathedral, is the Shrine of St. John Newman. So we went over there and uh, spent some time with uh, St. John Newman. I didn't know very much about the saint and, until I started researching this and, and visited, but he uh, established the um, Catholic uh, school system in the United States, and um, uh, his relics are there in this shrine, which is in the basement of a uh, parish church there. It was quite interesting to see that. Um, there's also, he, he is not um, incorruptible, but they do have uh, his remains dressed and with a wax mask that uh, of his, his face as he was when he was alive uh, in a glass coffin under the altar, which was kind of uh, amazing to see. Uh, after that, we hopped in the car and... Uh, drove back across to New Jersey and visited the Pop Shop. And the Pop Shop is a little restaurant that was featured in an episode of Throwdown with Bobby Flay. And they are reported, uh, according to the episode, as of having the best grilled cheese sandwiches. So, of course, we stopped in and had some grilled cheese sandwiches. I had the uh, maple grilled cheese sandwich, which has grilled chicken, uh, bacon, some kind of cheese, and it's on uh, a grilled sourdough bread, which was absolutely delicious. One of the, the best grilled cheese sandwiches I've certainly ever had. My son had the Honeymoon grilled cheese sandwich, which has uh, chicken and avocado on it, which was also wonderful. Wow. Uh, my wife had the Philly-style cheesesteak, mm. which was very good. And, of course, this being a pop shop, you can't get out of there without having some sort of ice cream treat. We yeah. had a big old hot fudge <laughs> sundae, and uh, the kids had ice cream sodas and milkshakes. Uh, my one son had a bubblegum milkshake, uh, which was quite tasty, actually, although I really did not enjoy sucking pieces of bubblegum through a straw. Oh, me neither. That's a heavy anyway, that was uh, <laughs> my day. 
Uh, it was really cool getting to visit with these uh, saints and blesseds and, and uh, seeing all these relics and uh, having some good food, too. I hope you're having a good time, and I uh, just wanted to say again, thanks for doing the Catholic Foodie, and God bless, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. I tell you what, I'm jealous. That was a uh, truly a food and faith event. Uh, very cool. Wish I could have been there. It had been nice to hang out with you and, of course, uh, to receive the blessings of seeing that replica of the shroud and, of course, all the, uh, all the relics, which I love relics, and I've talked about them on previous shows, uh, what they are and, and why we Catholics have such strange things <laughs> as part of our faith and are at least strange to our modern-day mentality, right? And then, of course, uh, the pop shop. Wow, that would be fun. That would be fun. I, I, I love grilled cheese, and uh, I, but I tell you, I've never thought of making it in a way that you just described. I, I, I just make it one way. I never thought of it. So uh, very cool. And uh, just to let y'all know, uh, Mike did send some links along with the, uh, the audio file he sent. So thank you, Mike, very much for that. It makes it easy uh, to share that experience with, um, with others. Thank you very much. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Well, I want to share with you, speaking of true love, <laughs> you know, I love my iPhone. I think I've mentioned that before. Um, not as much as God or my wife or anything else, but I, I love my iPhone. Uh, you know, there's an app that I just discovered recently. It's called On The Menu. And if you go to iTunes, you can just Google on the... I'm not Google. You can't Google on iTunes. But if you go to, to iTunes, you could search. That just shows you the power of Google. You know, we're going to start uh, taking the term search out of our vocabulary and just throw Google into it. Isn't that wild? Uh, anyway, if you search for On The Menu, this will come up in the app section. A uh, very cool app. It's a culinary app, of course, on the menu. And, you know, have you ever been in a restaurant and you're looking at the menu and you're thinking, goodness gracious, I, you know, they're describing this thing and it's like, you know, bouillabaisse. Well, what in the world is that? I don't even know whether I'd like this. What is it going to be good? How do they do that? I have no idea. Well, if you have this app, you can take it out, take your iPhone out or your iPod Touch and you would just start typing in the word for bouillabaisse. Where is that bull? All right, here we go. Bouillabaisse. It says a traditional provincial fish stew or soup containing different kinds of cooked fish and shellfish and vegetables flavored with a variety of herbs and spices. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Or let's say that you're in the uh, you're 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 in the restaurant. You look at the menu and you think. Oh, they have this braised something or other. What does it mean to braise a um, uh, some kind of food? You know, what does it mean to braise um, a meat? And so you you just start typing in braise. And by the way, it actually, as you start to type, it's giving you results. So you don't have to type the whole thing. I just pulled up. I say I started typing B R A, and uh, it it just came right up. 
So braising, what is that? It's a cooking method using both moist and dry heat. Typically, braised food is first seared at a very high temperature, then finished in a covered pot with liquid. Wow, isn't that great? My uh, mother-in-law likes to braise uh, lamb, and she's uh, braised other uh, pieces of meat that I have been over there. She'll, she'll um, and I can't remember now all the things that she has, has uh, <laughs> that she's prepared. That the lamb stands out. You can understand that, right? The lamb stands out. Anyway, so she does braising. She braises all the time. Very, very cool. Uh, let's see. What about another Lebanese thing? Since I'm on the Lebanese kick, what about tabbouleh? So you start to type out T-A-B, and here it is, tabbouleh. comes right up. It is a Middle Eastern classic salad of cracked wheat, bulgur, mint, parsley, tomatoes, lemon juice, and olive oil. And sometimes onion, cucumber, and garbanzo beans are added. And it also gives you uh, alternate spellings of, of, uh, of these words. So tabbouleh, there's two different spellings. It gives you both. Very cool app. The app is $1.99, which if you eat out and you have, uh, well, let's just say that uh, you have a few gaps in your culinary vocabulary, <laughs> this is definitely uh, something that you would uh, like to have. You know, even if, um, I can understand it, I could see being a, uh, a restaurant critic or a, some kind of food critic going to restaurants and uh, taking this with you because you never know. You may run into a term that you're not as familiar with, or even if you are, Check it out anyway. It may give you some inspiration as to what to write regarding a particular dish. So very cool. This is put out by, let me see the name of the company here, uh, Ikamo Software. Ikamo or Ikamo Software. I-K-A-M-O Software. They also have a website. You can just Google Ikamo Software and uh, you'll find more information on the iPhone app on the menu. I need two salmon, three salad compassion, and a free filet. Fire it, two others, seared salmon. Free filet, working. I need plates. Well, let's step not into the kitchen, but into the backyard. We're still going to be cooking, but we're going to cook outside. You can grill if you like inside. I wouldn't recommend that. But you could if you wanted to. Uh, grilling is best done outside because of the heat and because of the smoke. Of course, I'm not telling you anything new here. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, I, I've never done this on The Catholic Foodie, so you get to see this firsthand for the, uh, the first time. Isn't that neat? Uh, what is it exactly that I'm going to do? Well, I'm going to actually work off of a script here. This is a an experiment. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in the show as we first began that I've got a new series I'd like to start here on the on the Catholic Foodie of cooking tips, very practical things that you can do in the kitchen, things that may help you as you go to prepare dinner for your family or uh, as you get ready to entertain friends who are coming over. And we're going to start because of the uh, the time of the year coming into summer. We're going to start with the good old backyard grilling experience. And uh, what I did uh, yesterday, I actually wrote a blog post. It's over there at catholicfoodie.com, and it's called Burn Yourself, Not Your Grill. <laughs> and so 
this was just a little inspiration that I had. And what I'd like to do is share this with you, not by just talking about it here, but almost reading it to you as a as a script of sorts. Now, I don't script the show. I really have, have never worked off of a script here on The Catholic Foodie. But I do want to practice this. I want to try this out. Why? Because I'm kind of gearing up to do some voiceover work. And with the voiceover work, I will be working off of a script. And since I already wrote this yesterday, I figured, hey, you guys could actually help me and kind of critique me and tell me, hey, you need more work <laughs> reading off of a script or, hey, you do a pretty good job. And I think, uh, you know, with a little practice, you may you may actually do a good job on this voiceover stuff. So let's let's get started. Burn yourself, not your grill. Uh, it's good to burn. You know, burn with passion, that is. Uh, whatever your passion may be, it can carry you to places you've never dreamed. Uh, what do you love? Stamp collecting? Playing the trombone? Dancing to the wee hours of the night? <laughs> Blogging or podcasting? Cooking? Entertaining? Studying? And uh, yes, it's true. You could actually be passionate about studying. That, that is true. Or what about dining? Spending time with family and friends? How about reading? You know, like Sarah Reinhardt. <laughs> Me, I'm passionate about cooking and writing and teaching and making a human connection with other people, including God. So whatever your passion is, it really is good to burn with it. But it is not good to burn your grill. Believe me, I know. <laughs> so I'm passionate about cooking and I love to grill. Uh, you know, what can I say? There's just something about the smell of meat on the grill. Ribeyes, chicken thighs, spicy beef sausage, brisket, lamb chops, ribs. Oh, goodness, my mouth is watering. <laughs> you know, that I love to grill is probably no surprise to you, I'm sure. Uh, I've mentioned it on the Catholic Foodie Podcast, and you know that I love to cook. But do you know that every year at this time, when the days start to heat up and the sun goes down later in the evening, I get the grilling bug. I do. I can't help it. Give me some meat to throw in that grill. That's what I feel like saying just about every day. But Char keeps me in check. You know, she's the one with all the sense. If it was up to me, I'd eat meat every night and every day and probably at every meal. <laughs> That's right. I'm a carnivore. But Char reminds me that man cannot live on grilled meat alone, especially this man. Uh, he also needs veggies, you know, lots of salads and other greens, which I love. So that's okay. And at least here in South Louisiana, he also needs lots of seafood. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I hate that. Can't, can't, can't like that, right? Wrong. That's awesome. According to Char, too much meat is simply not good for me. Now, I'm not sure I believe that. But, uh, you know, I mean, how could something that tastes so good be bad for me? Okay. Forget I asked that. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Where, where was I? Oh, oh. Don't burn the grill. You know, one very important task that you can't forget as you set out to grill is to preheat the grill. You don't want to put a beautiful piece of meat on a cold grill. That's just not good. But that being said, you have to take caution when preheating a grill. And along those lines, I have a confession to make. I don't take good care of my grills. 
I think I've burned up three of them during the past 11 years of marriage. Three, two charcoal and one gas. And each time I failed to be vigilant while preheating the grill. I turned up the heat, I put on the lid, and I walked away. (laughs) Usually I just headed back to the kitchen to finish preparing the meat. It's not like I got lost watching reruns of Andy Griffith or Laurel and Hardy or Saved by the Bell. Am I uh, dating myself here? (laughs) Uh, No, I was cooking, but I wasn't watching the grill. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, Dad, the grill is on fire. Oh, my goodness. Huge flames shooting every which way from... My various grills. (laughs) This happened many times and all in my backyard. Oh, that's sad, I know. Anyway, my latest grill was a Father's Day gift from a few years ago. And I'm sad to say it needs emergency surgery. Uh, All of its guts need to be replaced. The inside is peeling and a little rusted. Uh, The pipes for the propane are brittle with big holes, big gaping holes here and there. And the heat diffusers, you know, those little screens that kind of sit on top of the, where the gas comes out, those heat diffusers, well, they're not there anymore. <laughs> they disintegrated a long time ago. Now, the good news is that the surgery should be fairly painless, about 40 or 60 bucks In an hour of work, and she should be good as new. Ugly as hell, but good as new. So what's the moral of this story? Watch your temp. And watch your grill. Do not leave it unattended. And small children and animals do not count. Yes, they will keep their eye on it for you. But they're liable not to stop there. Hands, paws, sticks, your favorite pair of gardening shoes, (laughs) all of that could end up on the grill too. So what about you? Do you have a grilling confession to make? If so, let me know. You can give me a call at 985-635-4974. That is the voice feedback line. You just leave a message there, 985-635-4974. Or you can email me at catholicfoodie.com or head over to catholicfoodie.com. I'm sorry. I think I gave you the wrong email address. It is catholicfoodie at gmail.com or head over to the website catholicfoodie.com where you can make a comment. You can leave a comment, share your thoughts with me right there on the blog post about grilling or on the blog post for this episode. I look forward to hearing from you. Well, you know, um, if you check up on, uh, if you follow me on Twitter or you've seen uh, my Facebook page, the Catholic Foodie page, or my personal page, you may know that this past weekend on Saturday, uh, the family, you know, we spent a day on the farm. That's right. We went out to a friend's farm out in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) and we had a ball. It was just so much fun. They've got animals. They've got all kind of stuff over there, and on top of that... We were able to plant 
sweet potato vines. That's right. We've planted about 400 sweet potato vines. Now, this farmer is an organic farmer. Farmer. He, his farm is huge. And uh, I, I want to give you a heads up here that we are going to be talking about uh, organic farming on the next episode, episode 72, when Char will rejoin us. I want her, who is the kind of resident expert, at least, on organic foods, to join us uh, for that discussion. And she will have a lot to add. She she spoke a lot with the farmer about this and uh, Mr. Russell Roy. And so she's got a lot to share. And, and I mean, the kids had a ball. We had a ball. We were wiped out, exhausted when we left. We were there for about seven hours. Gorgeous day. It was like 67 degrees uh, in the morning. It heated up a bit into the 70s as the day wore on. But, man, just an awesome day. And uh, we just got some good stories to share with you, including the kids playing with a little a little goat, <laughs> a little bitty miniature goat. You t- The name of the goat is Breezy. This is a pet goat. I mean, you talk about something else. Um, pictures and video are up at, uh, well, I shared the, the pics on, uh, on, uh, Facebook and, uh, think I haven't put the video up yet, but it will be going up on YouTube. And of course you will find links. I share those links via Twitter and also Facebook. So, and also I will embed that video over at catholicfoodie.com. You can see our kids, uh, well, planting, sweet potato vines and playing with animals and all kind of fun stuff at that day uh, or on that day at the farm. So stay tuned for episode 72 where we talk about organic farming. Hi, I'm Junie. And I'm Ray. And And this this is Mary in the the Kitchen with Sarah (laughs) Reinhardt. I am recording this late on the Saturday before Mother's Day. All day, my husband and my two girls have been up to something in the most delightful way. My five-year-old especially has been delighting in telling me that she has to go to the office with Daddy, which cues my two-year-old to shout, Work with Daddy! My husband has been sneaking me winks and making a show of pulling the five-year-old to the side to tell her this or that. They dropped me off at a bookstore for a few hours so they could go do whatever work it was they did. Going to bed knowing that whatever work they accomplished was in her closet nearly drove my five-year-old over the edge. I have to give my husband a lot of credit with this adventure he has up his sleeve. I love a good surprise, and I hate, hate, hate to have surprises spoiled. The surprise is as much fun as whatever it is, as far as I'm concerned. But more than that, he's kept my mind off of things that would have had me teary. Mother's Day always makes me teary. This year I'm pregnant, and while that's a wonderful thing, it certainly adds to the teary side of things. I was never going to be a mother, you see. I was way beyond all of that. An enlightened woman who was going to change the world with her mind. Thank you very much. I laugh now at the person I was. Even as I wish I could go back and just hug her. Old Sarah really needed a hug. 
It was a Mother's Day mass that broke me down, you know. I was sitting there, minding my own business, by my boyfriend and his mom, when the words in the priest's homily just hit home. Did he have to talk about motherhood and how all of us have a mother in Mary? My sobbing wouldn't stop. I had to leave. Thinking about that mass still brings tears to my eyes. I became Catholic about a year later, though I was still reluctant about a lot of things. Getting over my ego has been an ongoing process. Maybe that's why I always think of Mary on Mother's Day, because of that Mass nearly a decade ago. Maybe that's why Marian devotion has never been a hurdle for me. We all need a mom. And if our image of motherhood is damaged by the people here on earth, we need the healing hug of that heavenly woman Mary. I think of her as Mommy Mary, truth be told. There have been a lot of times, just in the last five months, when I've turned to her, tears streaming down my face, and said the only thing I can think of the prayer that's become a well-worn blankie to me, the Hail Mary. Sometimes she's the cool hand on my hot forehead, reminding me that I do not have to solve the world's problems, or even my own, and that her son is the one carrying me. Sometimes she's the soft chuckle in my ear when I find myself with another ruined dinner, and cereal on the table. Sometimes she's the companion I know will understand just why that moment with the kids is something I will cherish forever. And then there's the mommy who knows my deepest hurts, my biggest longings, my hardest struggles. She's the one I find in the kitchen, offering me a hot drink and a sweet treat as she nods sympathetically to hear my woes. Mommy Mary is my lifeline in this chaotic sea of life. She's anchored by Jesus, and she doesn't ever let me go, however much I may scream or protest. I hope I can grow up to be just like her, and this Mother's Day, that will be my prayer once again. Thank you so much, Sarah. You know, Sarah has such a gift for making Mary real, like down to earth, right? Tangible. Like you could reach out and just touch her. Um, Mama Mary, she really is our mother. And Sarah, that's a, that is a fantastic gift. It is a wonderful gift. And it's, it's one that uh, is a tremendous benefit, a tremendous blessing for me. So I thank you. I thank you for that. Uh, you know, also, uh, Sarah mentioned that she recorded this the, the night before Mother's Day. And I have to say, we were uh, planning, Char and I were planning on recording Mother's Day. But, uh, you know, things just kind of got out of control. I mean, we just had one thing after another happen. And we ended up uh, taking the kids to swim because it was Mother's Day. And we had the opportunity to go. And we, we wanted to take that opportunity. And then we were invited to go have ice cream and, you know, with, with some friends, actually with family. And um, 
it just, you know, one thing after another. We get home, we had to do dinner, and then our kids decided to put on a performance that they had come up with, uh, I guess, the day before. And uh, we couldn't say no, even though it was getting late and it was their bedtime or past their bedtime. They were adamant they had to perform this for mom. So um, we we let them do that, and it was an absolute riot. I, I, am, I just marvel over my kids. I can't believe how creative they are and, and how funny. I mean, they're just funny. Um, it, it, I guess it's all those acting classes that they take and the plays that they're in. They bring that home, and they, they write up their own stuff. <laughs> it's, it's a trip. Now, I did record it. But I'm not sure that some of that stuff is appropriate for the rest of the world. <laughs> and I say that not because it was, um, I don't want to say inappropriate, but that, that some of it was, um, I guess, just kind of making fun of our own family and, you know, uh, just personal stuff in a way. So <laughs> I, I think I'm going to try to get some clips of it and put it online because it was really just knock down, knock you down funny. I mean, it was, it, anyway, we'll, we'll see. If I could pull some together, I will put that on, uh, on, uh, on the website for you. <laughs> so the long and the short of that is we could not record on Sunday and uh, I thought I would do it Monday. Well, that didn't happen. I thought I'd do it yesterday. That didn't happen. And that's why I am here in the middle of the day recording an episode of The Catholic Foodie. So um, I do this for you, and I, I guess I do it for me too because I really love it. So uh, let me know. Let me know what you think about this shortened version of The Catholic Foodie today, and it is going to be short. I'm wrapping it up right now, matter of fact. And I want to end by saying, if you haven't heard yet, I am now appearing regularly on Catholic Radio in Baton Rouge. It's Baton Rouge Catholic Radio, 1380 a.m., and they have their own morning show. Uh, it's from 7 to 8 in the morning on Fridays. It's called Wake Up Baton Rouge. And uh, actually, I think it's 7 to 8 every day. But on Friday, that's the day that I am uh, that I, I appear on the show. I'm only there for about 15 minutes. But we talk, you know, food and faith and all that good stuff as the Catholic foodie. And it, it's fun. It is just fun. And if you go to brcatholicradio.com, brcatholicradio.com, there is a link there where you can listen to the show online. So if you would like uh, to catch the Catholic Foodie early in the morning on Friday one day, if you're uh, you know, bored out of your mind and have nothing to do and you're awake for some reason at 7 a.m. Central Time, then <laughs> go ahead and check that out, uh, brcatholicradio.com. Uh, Wake Up Baton Rouge is the show. And if you do listen, let me know what you think. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Baton Rouge Catholic Radio, by the way, also has a fan page over on Facebook. Just search for Baton Rouge Catholic Radio. I do want to remind you, the last thing I want to say is uh, let me know what's going on in your life, in your kitchen. Some of the stuff that we talked about today, especially the grilling, since we have this new series going on, I want to know your stories. Do you have an interesting story uh, concerning grilling? You know, what, what, something you have grilled, something, some sort of mishap perhaps uh, while grilling, some confession to make about grilling, whatever it may be. If you have a tip about grilling, I want to know. I want to put it on the show here and also include it in the blog on the series about uh, grilling, grilling tips. So let me know that. You can call 985-635-4974. 
And you can also uh, send me an email, catholicfoodie at gmail.com. The Catholic New Media Celebration is coming to Boston, Saturday, August 7th. Registration is open now with early bird pricing till June 30th. Registration includes a day-long conference at the Pastoral Center in the Archdiocese of Boston, plus a meet-and-greet reception the night before. Join SQPN and friends for an exciting event that will not only educate you about Catholic New Media, but it will inspire you as well. Captain Jeff here, your Catholic pilot. Are you interested in learning more about blogging or podcasting, or perhaps hang out with some of your friends in the SQPN community? Well, Boston's a place. Beantown. Why is it called Beantown? Hi, everyone. This is Lisa Hendy from the Catholic Moments Podcast and CatholicMom.com, doing a shout-out to all my fellow SQPN.com groupies. Hope to see you this year at the Catholic New Media Celebration. For details, go to Celebration.SQPN.com. It's not just a conference. It's a celebration. And I certainly hope to see you there at the CNMC, the Catholic New Media Celebration, this year in August. Uh, If you are going, let me know. Let me know. I'd love to know that you're going to be there. I'd love to know uh, who I get to meet at the CNMC. And until next time, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.